0: This is SASTER's Founders Favorite series, where you can hear some of the best of the best from SASTER speakers. This is where the cloud meets. Guru is the knowledge management solution that delivers the information you need when and where you need it. Guru lets your team capture information instantly wherever it surfaces. Slack, Gmail, Salesforce, Microsoft Outlook and Teams, and more, without ever leaving their workflow. Visit getguru.com forward slash saster to get Guru for free. Up today, Christoph Jans, Managing Partner at Point9 Capital.
1: I'm Christoph Jans. I'm a partner at Point9 Capital. Um, I'll talk about Uh, the topic of fundraising during a a pandemic. And if you don't know about Point9 yet, just a short introduction. Um, We're an early stage venture capital firm focused primarily on B2B SaaS and B2B um, marketplaces. We're based in uh, Europe, but we um, invest, well, first of all, all over Europe and also in the US and, and Canada and occasionally in other places and we've been lucky enough to have been an early stage investor amongst the first investors in company like um, Algolia, Contentful, Typeform, Loom, Zendesk and, and many others. You can see some of them here on the screen. So what does it take to raise capital in SaaS? Um, that's a question that we've looked at in the past many times actually, um, you might have come across and uh, one of our SaaS funding napkins, and that was a blog post that we that I wrote a couple of years ago, um, where I tried to answer that question: what it takes to raise capital in SaaS on a literal bag of a napkin, and it kind of developed um, a life of its own. And so we produced some real physical napkins, and we did that again in the next year and in the year thereafter, and however we have not yet created the pandemic version of that napkin so like sars funding in a global pandemic is truly um, unprecedented so we don't have that napkin yet but let's let's try to approach that question but now let's uh, come to the actual topic that we uh, wanted to focus on um which is which is fundraising it's not a great time to be fundraising. Um, let's let's make no mistake about that. If you are not in this category of COVID nineteen beneficiary, um, like video conferencing, um, uh, telehealth, uh, teleeducation, if um, for for them it's 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 easy to raise because they see such strong growth. Um, but if you're not in one of these categories, then it's most likely going to be harder and if you can increase your your runway decrease your burn maybe do an internal round that is certainly something to consider but on the other hand nobody really knows how long this crisis will will take how long the recession will take if it's going to get worse before it gets better and i think there are a lot of companies that have no choice but have to raise sometime within the next weeks or or, or months or six to 12 months. And it's primarily for, for them where I, it's primarily those companies that I had in, in mind when I tried to put a couple of tips together. My first tip is that you should have a very clear COVID-19 assessment. And I think it's something that you should address proactively as, as part of your, your pitch. There are a lot of questions that you uh, need to answer. Um, have you seen or do you expect an increase in churn both with respect to a logo churn and ARR churn? Are there changes to your conversion rates? Is your lead generation um, impacted? Um, what about pipeline development, sales cycles, pricing, payment terms, other changes in customer behavior or user behavior? So lots and lots of questions burn rate, uh, your targets in 2020, how is your team doing? Um, Has the work from home situation changed where you, where you're going to hire in the future and how you're going to hire. So there are a lot of questions. And now that we're about two or three months into the crisis, people expect you to um, have some answers. Obviously there are still a lot of um, questions and it's okay to to admit that uncertainty it's um, um, it's okay to have multiple scenarios. I think nobody expects you to have all the answers and, and really nobody knows how the next 12 or 24 months are going to look like, um, but you should um, have done your homework by now and you should be able to talk about the impact um, of the crisis on your company and what you've done to mitigate the negative impact as well as to seize opportunities if, if there are um, opportunities that, that um, have um, come out of this. If COVID-19 has accelerated your growth, which it has in, in a couple of companies, and I mentioned some of the relevant categories here already, then, then that's awesome. But not every SaaS company is in a position to benefit from, from this. Not everybody can or must be one of the companies that benefits from Corona. So don't try to to make make it make this up. Um, just provide an, an honest and transparent um, assessment of how you are um, affected and and what your your actions are to to address that. My tip number two is that when you go out fundraising, you should start with an extra long long list, like longer than usual, and there are primarily two reasons for that number 1 or reason a is you might have to many investors are cautious and busy with their portfolio as i'm sure you've you've heard or read or maybe found out in in discussions so the the bar is is just higher than it has been in in normal times and it's also possible that firms will drop out of the process because they struggle to build conviction without meeting you in person. And that's something I'll try to address in some more detail in, in a minute. Um, but you just have to expect that you will get more no's or more people that go silent or are just not excited for various reasons. And, and that is a good reason to, to start with a longer list from the get-go. The good news is that you can. There is no, thing, no coffee meetings, no dinners, the process is a lot more efficient, um, which means you can start with a much bigger long list and run a process where you talk to a much larger number of investors in in parallel. And I have a nice quote here from Nimrod Priel, the the founder and CEO of a company called Radical, uh, which has very recently raised a, a round of financing and Nimrod wrote a blog post in which he said, the one advantage you have right now is that there are no face-to-face meetings. So there is no commute, wait in the lobby, order coffee overhead. I fit seven to eight pitches a day while spending seven hours with our two year old and so on. I thought this is, um, this was really nice. And we also, we've also seen this in our own uh, portfolio. Um, here is a, quote from a company, from a founder of a company in our portfolio that has just closed a, a Series A. Um, it's in German here, but uh, I can give you the the takeaway in, in English. Um, and what he said was that the long list should be larger than normal as many investors drop out just because of the special circumstances currently. It took us two weeks less than planned to get to a term sheet. And without traveling, it's much easier to talk to many investors in, in parallel. So um, he actually kind of enjoyed the process more than um, the normal process with um, a lot of um, like meetings, travels, uh, coffees, dinners. Um, so there is, there is a positive side uh, to that as well. Now, if you have a long, very long, long list, then... It's very important that you disqualify ruthlessly, and that's my point number three here. It's usually either love at first sight or never love when you when you meet in investors. Obviously, there can be exceptions, but I think in most cases, either people get excited pretty quickly and then they do their work to to confirm their assumptions or they, they will just never get excited. I think if the initial excitement isn't there, then you can probably spend your time on other leads. Um, so make sure that you focus your, your really scarce time on, on the best leads. And in that sense, it's not that different from an enterprise sales process where you also want to create a large top of the funnel you know, because that gives you then the opportunity to cherry pick um, the best leads, rather than spending time with with wrong leads that are just unlikely to to convert, and you probably also you probably don't want to be the one who teaches an investor um, to do his or her first remote investment. Just like you probably don't want to be the SaaS company that teaches somebody in another company. To, to buy software for the first time or to do, to buy SaaS for the first time, so you probably want to focus your resources on in this case now investors where you think they they won 't struggle with a, with the a process just because they they cannot meet you in person um, and I have another uh, very nice quote on on that topic from another awesome point nine family founder who a couple of weeks ago, uh, sent me a narrowed down list of what he said, the, the prospects that he thought uh, were still realistic to write a term sheet. Um, and then he, he said, um, uh, my crit- criteria uh, for realistic is that they followed up with the right buyer questions a few days after sending data room and then scheduled a follow-up call. And I think this was really awesome. It's, it's very rare that I've seen kind of qualification of investors with that clarity, I think the more natural and also understandable behavior for founders is to be optimistic maybe overly optimistic and to assume that everything went great because that's the uh, also the signals that investors tend to send because they want to create like keep keep up keep their options open but I think it's really smart to try to really read the interest from investors realistically um, and then just not waste time with um, with the wrong ones and focus on, on the right ones or maybe even change your plans if you come to the conclusion that this round is just not happening right now. Tip number four is that you should have a killer deck and killer due diligence materials. And this is actually something I've been talking about for a long time. But I think now that a larger part of the process is asynchronous it's it's even more important that all of the materials that you share are in, in perfect shape so you should have a data room with all the important kpis and that should be ready before you before you have the first um, pitch um, because once you do there won't be time to put all to, to put all of this together and, and everything should be either like obvious or self-explanatory or there should be notes to minimize the, um, the back and forth clarifications. It's also a good idea to create an, an FAQ or a similar document to preempt uh, some of the due diligence questions, which uh, you will probably get from um, investors. And what we've also seen founders do, which I think is a, is a great idea is to provide a, narrated version, like a loom of your deck, in addition to sending over your deck. So just think about the fact that a much larger part of the process is now asynchronous, which means there are fewer opportunities for you to convince people in a meeting to just wing it. The materials that you provide, kind of like the product, is, is even more important than it, than it previously was. And the last point I want to talk about is that you need to build trust and maybe learn to build trust remotely. It's not a no-brainer for investors to invest over the distance. They still have to adjust to that, and transparency builds trust. So consider inviting VCs that you're in a process with to your chart module, to internal dashboards, share KPIs with them early on, be super responsive, that's probably a no-brainer. Um, what we like a lot at, at Point9, and I, I'm, I'm assuming it, it might work with other investors as well, is to do working sessions. And that can be a, a remote whiteboarding session, but it can also be um, that you collaborate asynchronously over a couple of days or maybe a week in a document or in a presentation to figure out something like a go-to-market strategy or or a hiring plan. And I I think that actually gives both parties, both sides a a chance to get to know each other better and to kind of do a bit of a mutual try before you buy. Then I've heard walk and talk meetings with six feet apart, uh, apart or beers over Zoom to kind of socialize i'm um, i i do not know yet i have i don't know if that's uh, going to be a a thing but maybe if the lockdown continues then maybe maybe this is maybe the, those are yeah, some of the things that people will do to to con- conclude here I have pasted a post from Martin Mignon, a partner at, at Index Ventures with that, which I thought was interesting. So what he asked here was how can you get a sense for a company's culture without visiting their office and hanging out at the coffee machine? And then he suggests to do a couple of things like check their interview process, ask for their internal newsletter, ask for their employee engagement survey, join one of their team meetings as an observer. I think what this goes to show is that uh, there is a such a strong need from uh, on the investor's side to to really get to know you, get to know some of your colleagues and, and build trust before you make this big decision to invest millions or maybe tens of millions of dollars or euros into a company and, and dedicate, commit a large a significant part of your time to for, it for many years. So try to put yourself also in the, into the investor's shoes and think about everything you can do to, to build trust. If you're currently not raising, but you're planning to raise capital sometime within the next six to 12 months, it might be a good idea to start building some relationships now or to warm up some existing relationships. Um, maybe have a maybe invite investors to follow you to subscribe to your internal investor newsletter. I'm usually not a big fan of this. I think in normal times it's usually a waste of time to, uh, to spend too much time with investors when you're not fundraising because in normal times you can just focus on your business and by the time you want to fundraise, you set up all the meetings and you do your pitch and you compress everything in a tight process. And I think that's usually the best, uh, that's usually the advice that I like to give. But I think in the current times, this might be a bit different because the trust, developing trust is so important and it's different and more difficult right now. So uh, now might be the time to invest some some more of your time into building these relationships um, ahead of, when you need them. So uh, just to um, uh, wrap things up again, there are five pieces of advice that I'd like to leave you with. Number one, have a clear COVID-19 assessment. Start with an extra long, long list. Disqualify ruthlessly. Have a killer deck and killer due diligence materials. And build trust remotely.
0: Say goodbye to slip-ups. Old news is a thing of the past. With Guru's verification tool, you'll always be confident that your team's knowledge is up-to-date and accurate because it's verified by your in-house experts. Saster listeners can get Guru for free today by visiting getguru.com forward slash